Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta, is proud to present this episode of Harmonious Gentlemen. Keep an eye out for their new taproom. podcast episodes were the number of years ago in millions that scientists say a giant asteroid collided with the earth ending the reign of the dinosaurs you would know this has to be episode 65 of the harmonious gentleman i'm chris i'm graham and i'm tyler guys i gotta point out that i'm wearing my jurassic park socks oh my word special honor of tonight's episode those are amazing i didn't notice them till just now yep. very nice i didn't pull up my pants till just now <laughs> Wait, so how old is the Earth then? I mean, this is what I was thinking of the other, like, so we just go with this, like, there's a crater, we've dated it 65 million years old, and mm-hmm. we can tell that that's when the dinosaurs died. Yeah. I've had some students in teaching science talk about dinosaurs, and, you know, if, if you have a belief in, like, a younger Earth, it's hard to figure out where dinosaurs fit into that. Right. Yeah. So if you're a young Earth creationist, the yeah. asteroid hit 4,500 years ago. Yeah. And <laughs> or, we lived or the Earth them. was created to look like it had a... That's 61 right. million year I shouldn't old laugh at this because yes right yeah. yeah thank you good you can believe what you want to believe yeah good good movie though oh man and you know there's a third one coming out of the new trilogy yeah. I gotta say I, I the second like the, the new one's kind of lost me I'm, I'm not really I'm not down okay but there's yeah. a trailer for the newest one yeah came out of the Super Bowl did you see it I did did you get goosebumpy when you heard the music I did and I saw like the whole <laughs> old cast came back that's cool yeah, I guess okay. yeah Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> and we're not talking about dinosaurs. No. But maybe we should have an episode on dinosaurs. Oh, I don't man. think so. It'll be oh, a ghost one all over again. <laughs> hey, uh, we, we man, it's fun to, to hear from uh, listeners. Ty, did we hear from anyone this, uh, this last couple weeks? Yeah, not really uh, like an email for me to read, but we had some responses to our episode with Shannon Maroney. Yeah. And one that stood out to me was from our our dear friends and listeners the the langwa oh yes. father son combo um ryan langwa reached out and said that his son said you need to listen to this episode of the harmonious gentleman mm. because it is like free therapy which is just a great um compliment i think to mostly shannon maroney but also yeah. our episode so yeah. thanks to the langwa for Always being a great, uh, great listeners and also yeah. yeah, helping us spread the love and friends of the yeah. pod. Spencer reached friends out yesterday and said, I just finished that last episode and I think it's your best one yet. Yeah. And I Whoa. actually, I actually heard the, the free praise. therapy thing multiple times. Huh. That's kind of cool. Um, well, and, and part of it for some of it's from like us, like for us, it was free therapy. Yeah. Um, but this is the awkward point where we say actually not free. And if you feel like you benefited, you owe us $10. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, yeah. But it did. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely, it, it affected me yeah. that, that day. Yeah. And I've actually, yeah, I will share that I've gone on to, I did reach out to the person that I was referring to really? on the podcast. I did. Me too. Cool. Yeah. Did so did really? I. Yeah. yeah. I was going to share that. Wow. I didn't know you were going. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Shannon, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. I haven't. Yeah. I, it wasn't necessarily an apology email. It was more of a reaching out to sort of reestablish contact, and then yeah. maybe with an apology in mind. But also so cool. Shannon sent a addressed envelope to my home with 
signed sheets for our books so that we yeah. bought Shannon's yeah, books. And now instead of her signing our books, she signed like a sticker that we can stick in the front of our books. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks Shannon. Once again, for thank that. you again. Yeah, and we, we are uh, recording this before, after that episode has been out, but before the most recent episode has been out. So mm-hmm. we haven't heard anything about that one. No. We Our special a, guest, Cody. Yeah, special guest, Cody. That episode, we also felt like was really powerful for us. We just haven't. And we're predicting. We're predicting we'll get similar kind of feedback. That that yeah. is great. The listenership on Shannon's episode was really good. And I think uh, Cody's will be uh, similar. And, and Cody, if you could sign a book for us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, first write one and then sign it for us. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed that one too, as much as we enjoyed uh I mean, we just learn so much from these guests. I think that's the main thing is we bring people in who are way smarter than us and we learn a lot from them. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you've gotten a lot of opportunities you wouldn't have had doing this podcast? Absolutely. No questions asked. Yeah. I mean, our listeners who've been with us for a long time can probably, uh, you know, it's clear we have more guests on than we used to have on. And that's for good reason. Mm-hmm. We'd like to learn and yeah. That's- also cool. Shannon recommended a potential future guest, which Tyler's been in contact with. And so that's coming up at a later date. Yeah. So that's kind of neat how that yeah. like breeds more. Yeah. Not connection. to mention some exciting cilantro and chive news coming oh, up. Oh man. Really exciting. It's hard to keep up. up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 But stay tuned for that, hey? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of cilantro and chive, uh, I have something I want to recommend to you guys tonight. Do you have something? Oh man. I mine's fresh. Sure do. Certified fresh. Oh, and giddy it's coming up. up. Yeah. Let's do it. segment is proudly supported by cilantro and chive serving up fresh simple eats serving up fresh simple recommendations from the harmonious gentleman boy do i love a good recommendation and i'm going to start tonight off with uh, a board game if you uh enjoy board games you probably already know what this game is and if you don't enjoy board games you should get into it with the game wingspan which the three of us played last week with some friends of ours shout out to those people uh <laughs> we played wingspan and um in front of the pod peter's basement uh with a fire going in the corner and it was a delightful time yeah it was very nice yeah tim alien actually taught us how to play the game that's right and uh i just had a great time i yeah it, it, at first it felt like maybe a bit to learn but once you get the hang of it it was really enjoyable so if you're looking for a board game that's a little more complicated than let's say monopoly but not quite as difficult as a Gloomhaven. Right. Yeah. Um, it's in that sweet spot. Beautiful artwork. Yes. Informative if you're interested in that. Every card has a different uh, different species of bird with uh, facts about each one, but just a really fun, free-flowing game with not a lot of, um, not very intense, not super challenging, not a lot of, um, I don't know. Not even competitive. If well, you don't not, want well that's what I liked about it, that it was it was strategic, but not competitive, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. You still had to think about what you were going to do and you wanted to do well, but you weren't like messing with other people's strategy or like just sabotaging them or making enemies. Yeah. So Wingspan. Great recommendation. And I liked it so much I bought it, although I got it for Christmas Mm. before, but yeah, good call. Um, I want to recommend a movie. I went last night to The Batman. And boy, is it amazing. If you're a fan of the comics, especially like year one, year two stuff, um, this is Batman as a detective. And, you know, it's all over everything. So you've seen a trailer for it already. And Robert Pattinson, if you loved him in Twilight, 
<laughs> I never saw Twilight, so I don't know if he's anything like that in this. But or the lighthouse. Yeah. Mm. Great. Or Tenet. Yes. He's a good actor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, great, great story. Really dark, really not R-rated, but it feels like it could be. Um, great musical score cinematography it'll uh, it's too late for this oscars but honestly it'll get some noms for next you think so wow cinematography yeah how does it stack up editing stack up against uh the dark knight trilogy i kind of feel like it's my second favorite batman movie ever dark knight's probably first although i love the bane i love the third So dark knight with heath ledger would be your number one uh you know what? I might like Bane's episode. What's that one called? Dark Knight Rises. Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Rises. I love that one. Yeah. I don't know why. I but like this it one, more. This one's in the same this ballpark. Is, I think so. It's it's grittier than that world. Are you saying it's better than Clooney? Um, There's a hilarious <laughs> ode to the nipple suits. Oh, is there? I think, but I don't know if that was intentional, <laughs> but I turned to Spencer and said, oh, that's an ode to the nipples right there. So yeah. keep if your you're not a Batman that, fan, that. you should... You can do some research and figure yeah. out what we're talking about here with the nipple suits, but but still go see it. Yeah, yeah, and, and you probably will because it'll be the biggest movie of the month. Nice, yeah, awesome. the Batman. Great recommendation. Thanks, Ritz. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a well a couple things, but I'm going to start with a beverage that I'm drinking right now as I speak. It's it's uh, conversations. It's it's not a beer. It's a ready to drink beverage that comes in alcoholic and non-alcoholic form it's called conversations and it's related to a group called stigma 86 which their their goal is to kind of raise awareness or um just share stories and and encourage conversations about mental health issues and even specifically to the the service industry and uh, the drink itself, if I get back to the drink conversations, it's a uh, grapefruit and rosemary flavored beverage. And I, I'm really enjoying it. Are you it's, drinking the alcoholic or non-alcoholic? I'm, right now I have the, uh, the alcoholic version. What is the um, alcohol? Well, do you know what it is? It's 4.3. But is it beer? Or is it? No, it's just like an alcohol. It's, it would be like, a, it's not overly sweet, but it's like a, a, selt, a hard seltzer. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. But... But it's, yeah, it's not uh, aspartame or anything. It's just, yeah, grapefruit and rosemary. You can taste it. Yeah. It's a refreshing drink. But it, it's cool that it comes in the, the non-alcoholic form too. Um, it's, I think it's really harmonious. Like it's, mm. it's uh, trying to bring attention to, I mean, among other things, alcoholism and mm. um, other kind of issues that that exist in society but saying hey like we can we can exist together right like you can enjoy this beverage have a conversation with someone drinking the alcoholic version and also the zero percent alcohol version and yeah yeah and that's cool so if you can find anywhere like i know for sure you can find it at cilantro and chive blind man helped brew it I'm not sure exactly where you can find it, but keep an eye out for it. It's called Conversations. Their cans are also beautiful. The branding is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, definitely something worth uh, yeah, looking for. And stay tuned to the pod because we will be discussing uh, this initiative uh, more in depth in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, we'd love to. Like Stigma 86 seems like a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, we're uh, working towards an episode with someone who's involved in that. and Hopefully we can learn more. And share with you guys too. Nice. 
Stay tuned. Chris, what are we going to tackle tonight? Just to have the three gentlemen. It's pretty rare these days. Just that we us. Have, yeah. yeah. It's just us. And we thought, you know, what's going on in the world? Um, everybody's talking about finally for the first time in two years, not COVID. Yeah. But that's yeah. because Russia invaded their neighbor. Mm-hmm. And um, what's going on in Ukraine is obviously something that's on our hearts and minds. And we thought um, that would prompt us to talk about violence and war. So maybe yeah. the question that could frame this is, is there such thing as a just war? I mean, the answer is uh, pretty clear. So do we have to talk about it? And thanks for tuning in to episode (laughs) 65. See you again next time. So when I heard we might be talking about the idea of a justified war, I was reflecting and and thinking about, yeah, just like past experiences and where I'm at with that, with that topic. And I just feel like I'm very conflicted or inconsistent in my, my thoughts. So I have a, a little story I'll tell first to kind of, I guess, maybe spark some conversation. But when I was in college, I was walking, uh, we were playing soccer, late night soccer, like we were just like yeah. 18, 19 year old guys. We went to a soccer field and uh, I played some soccer. We were walking home and then another group of guys pulled up in their car, got out of their car and approached us and started a conversation. And it became quickly evident that they were not just trying to make new friends. They were looking for a fight. Um, and we had like, so we had did nothing to provoke this. We were just walking home and one of them sucker punched my friend from from behind and uh, in that moment i like my my reaction was to immediately engage like to grab somebody and and fight them like and i i'm not a big fighter like it's it's not something i had a lot of experience with but that was still my reaction like i wasn't my reaction was to be violent or to fight to defend someone or stand up for someone else so that this this fight happens and there's nothing really to share about the the fight itself. Um, but then when the fight, when the dust settled, me and my friends were reflecting on it. We were talking and, and the, the adrenaline's kind of got a lot of adrenaline and you're, you're all kind of pumped up and you're t- sharing stories like he pulled my hoodie over my head and like, but I think I might have got him once or or whatever. And then my one friend wasn't sharing much and he was he was just kind of quietly like nodding and, and listening. And the, the rest of us kind of eventually said, so, Hey, like, what did you do? Yeah. What's like, your story? Like, what's your story? And, and he said, well, I just kind of backed away and, and watched. And like, and that's I, from, and my memory may not be perfect, but that's the way I remember it. Mm-hmm. So if this friend is listening and wants to correct it, he can, but like, that's the way I remember it. Just saying, no, I just kind of watched you guys fight. And, and to be honest, like we got our butts kicked. Like we we didn't win the fight. We were kind of getting beat up a bit. And he just, yeah, he said, I, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> I I refuse to engage in, in violence. Playing and, the part of Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we looked at him and I, I just remember like he was a good friend and still is a good friend. Um, but in the moment I was like, what the heck? Like yeah. how could you watch us? Like I remember seeing one of my friends on it, like all fours, like hands and knees and just getting like booted in the face. Like, how can you watch that and not 
yeah. engage. Like, how can you not like come in and try to stop that? And he, yeah, he stood his ground and he, he, yeah, he, and I just didn't, at the time I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I, what this makes me think about with war is in, in the moment with like a friend getting beat up, like I feel I'm not hesitant to engage. Yeah. But I'm also anti-war, which I know it is different than like guys getting punched in the face and like the, where well, the stakes are like you get, you lose a tooth or you get a black eye. Like similar on a just scale. If you, if you scale that up, like I'm, I would be more like my friend who says like, we should maybe like, like I'm more pacifist. Like, I don't support war kind of in any... Have we situation. exhausted all diplomacy here? <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite when, it, like, in this issue. Like, I, I, I don't really know where yeah, I stand. Sure. Um, but that story maybe is, like, a, a starting point for right. the conversation. Have you guys had, story, like, a situation like that where you no, had to make a choice? I haven't had a situation like that at all. And I don't even know... When I hear that story, I almost feel sympathetic to the pacifist... Like, I almost feel like that'd be me. Okay. And I, I don't feel a little ashamed to admit that, but I almost feel like if I'm putting myself into that situation, but I don't know if it'd be more, if it like a moralistic stand or more just fear, um, you know, with fight or flight, I might just run. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I wouldn't, but I can kind of understand yeah. that maybe when I, when I think about that story, hmm. um, I mean, I have your guys' back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> I yeah, I'm a gentle person. I think actually by nature for sure. But I'm a I've been a parent for a lot of years and a teacher for a lot of years. And if I saw somebody vulnerable getting, like, I just know I would intervene for sure. Yeah, physically, if I had to, I I know I would. And like, I think that's the right thing to do, but. I just think that's just what mm. I would do. It it almost is sort of like not a matter of what's right and wrong. It's just what would be real for me. Right. So, so you don't you can't make a you can't make a judgment call whether or not that would be the right thing like, to do. Is that ethical or moral? It does it's sort of like that's almost irrelevant. It's like if somebody who can't defend themselves is getting hurt, mm-hmm. I would step in. I I just know and I have like not to the point where I'm f- fist fighting somebody, but mm-hmm. You know, like defending. Have you? Um, physically, a couple of times, but it's never escalated to a fist fight. Or, but yeah, it's like it's required physical intervention. Yes, yeah, for sure. Wow. So I use this like thought. I've I've talked about this a few times, even with students, like as like a, a thought experiment, or yeah, just like a thought experiment, I guess. Like, so in my in the situation I just described. That was like a good friend of mine who got attacked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if, what if I was walking down the street and it was a stranger being attacked? Yeah. And I was, I witnessed this and it's, it's right there. Um, how would that change things? Like now would I engage? Would I grab, grab one of the offenders and, and throw punches or, or be violent to, to stop it? Or would then would I be more sympathetic to my friend and be like, okay, I'm gonna wa- just see what happens here. Um, and then I guess the next level of that is like, okay, now there's a country being attacked. Yeah. Um, that's vulnerable, and I don't see it as just. But am I going to engage, or do I think that's the right way to to respond? Well, and I almost think it's never it's never that easy. It's never so clear cut. 
like, do I help or do I not? Because there are nuanced repercussions either way. So even if, if let's say you see a stranger getting attacked and you leap into action, you've got, you've got a family, you've got things to consider before you do something like that. Right. Uh, I would think with Russia and Ukraine, it's this, it's, it's the same. It's like, it's easy to say, Hey, we should go and defend them or, or a country should defend them. But it's more nuanced to say, well, there, that means more than just in the moment making that decision. Mm-hmm. Well, it might interest you to know that there is something called just war theory. Okay. So people have kind of come up with these ideas that philosophically there might be like um, criteria that has to be met in order to be considered like justifiable. Okay. Do you want to hear what those things are? Yes. So a just war can only be waged as a last resort. All nonviolent options must be exhausted before the use of force is applied. A war is only just if it's waged by a legitimate authority. Even just causes cannot be served by actions taken by individuals or groups who who aren't an authority. So like if it's a fringe organization kind of doing something to somebody else, mm-hmm. that couldn't be justifiable. Um, just war can only be fought to redress a wrong suffered. So for example, self-defense against an armed attack is always considered to be a just cause. Although the justice of the causes, um, I guess could be questioned, but a, a just war can only be fought with right intentions. So, um, and I guess all of these things can be argued, but right. yeah. a war can only be just if it is fought with a reasonable chance of success. That's kind of interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, deaths and injury incurred in a hopeless cause are not morally justifiable. So if you, if you, even if it is self-defense, but you know you're going to lose. I'm thinking like what's a historical example, like kamikaze fighters, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's not justifiable, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it is. Like if Tyler saw his friends getting attacked, even if the odds are overwhelming, he shouldn't jump in if there's no chance that he'll be successful. Yeah, maybe not. Like if, the, if the end result is we lose, then yeah, should, that's interesting. Like that, you that one, that one's interesting. I mean, his situation is not a war, so I, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. the stakes are much different. <laughs> like, like yeah. But. So continuing here, the ultimate goal of a just war is to reestablish peace. Hmm. So it's not to take over. It's not to like you know colonize. It's to get back to where we were before the war started. The peace established after the war must be preferable to the peace that would have been, would have prevailed if the war hadn't have happened. And then the violence used in the war must be proportional to the injury suffered. So states are prohibited from using force, not necessary. Like if you don't have to use your nuclear weapons to, to win, you shouldn't do that. Like that's not justifiable. Yeah. The weapons used in war must discriminate between combatants and non-combatants. So civilians are never permissible targets in a just war and every effort must be taken to avoid killing civilians. The deaths of civilians are justified only if they are unavoidable victims of a deliberate attack on a military target. So let's say Ukraine is using like daycare providers to protect a military college. (laughs) I don't know. Sure. Then they're casualties of war. But right. otherwise, you don't bomb a, a daycare. Like all of these sort of philosophically make sense. But I mean, that's not the reality of war. Like you're not <laughs> going to be like, hey, can you and I agree on these principles? Now let's go for it. Okay. So well, but what I think is happening in Russia yeah. is Putin is saying to his people. 
This is a justified war. This is this is why it's justified because those these are our people. Uh, they're under a leader they don't agree with. I don't know. I'm just I don't yeah. know if these things are true, but I think this is what's going on. Yeah, he's trying to make the case to the Russian people that this is justifiable, and that's why I'm going in. The world's going. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what when you read those those criteria or whatever. Like that's exactly what I was hearing. Like, okay, Russia, this is not a just war. Like their invasion is not justified. But from what I've read about the messaging from Putin is that he is trying really hard to use the like even that language um, that you used like to justify his actions. So how helpful is that? <laughs> like yeah, like when yeah. I, like I don't know, and propaganda is part of war, so he's using that to yeah. to make him look like he's justifiable. But there, there is, there are militaries that could combine and be much more powerful than him that could use what you're saying as a baseline to, to determine if they are going to intervene. Sure, he's doing yeah. something that's inexcusable. We need to defend the defenseless. Yeah, both sides could use the, that exact list of criteria to justify their actions. Yeah. yeah. So I think the real question is. Should someone intervene? Welcome back. We should clarify a little bit about the timeline here. Like we're recording this on March, I think, 4th today. Yeah. And so currently the um, invasion of, of Ukraine is sort of ongoing. There's been no military action from any other country. It's It's been sanctions mostly. Supply. Supply. Yeah. Microsoft stopped selling Xboxes. There's that kind of stuff. <laughs> Coca-Cola um, is still in limbo. That's true. Um, Apple's under fire for not doing anything yet. But <laughs> so, so far there's been no military intervention from, from other countries. And so who knows when this comes out in two weeks where we're going to be. That'll be an interesting point to you, the listener, uh, as to where we're at. But um, you guys, as you watch things unfold, does a part of you think, you know, there's got to be a country or countries that's going to step in and stop this? I mean, it's almost like what we talked about, like there, people are being killed. There's war being waged unjustly on a sovereign nation. Um, Chris, what do you think? Is, is it justified to step in? Yeah, I think NATO especially is weighing the pros and cons of... Um, Putin's threats of nuclear deterrence, mm -hmm. right? So what's kind of interesting is, you know, throughout the Cold War, mutually assured dis destruction kind of ensured that if you were to attack somebody, they would attack you back so everybody's dead, so we're never going to attack anybody. Mm -hmm. Putin's kind of using the nuclear deterrence as, I'm going to invade, and then if you attack me, I'll get you back with nuclear. Like, so he's kind of up the ante on that, which is really interesting. Yeah. But in some ways, people have called his bluff, I think, in terms of the sanctions economically, um, refusing to buy products from Russia, completely ostracizing them politically, internationally. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the, I think it's pretty overt, the supply lines of military weapons, personnel, training, uh, fuel, ammunition, that's basically being dropped off at the border. And, like, here you go, Ukraine, use this. And NATO's kind of just offering that up or right. nato countries anyway right so that's a fine line maybe i i feel like it's there's something weird about 
NATO or nations like saying, here, take these guns and good luck. Like, I, I totally get it. Like, I get that there's certain lines and, and that have been drawn politically and and whatever. But like, if I bring it back to my, my personal experience of seeing someone being sucker punched or yeah. like someone who's vulnerable being attacked, like, and engaging, like if I were to... To bring it back to that analogy, like my friend just got punched in the face and I'm like, okay, the person who punched me in the face, I'm going to take their jacket or like do something to like, okay, I'm going to punish you by making your life a bit tougher or put sanctions on you. Like it feels weird to stand on the border and watch people being killed, right? Like you can literally, like you can open your phone right now and see like buildings being missiled and mm -hmm. blown up. And like we're all like there's countries are sitting on the border just kind of like waiting to see what happens. And I, and again, like I'm I am totally a hypocrite. Like I, I'm right now it totally I feel sound like I'm arguing for like go in there and like in, like let's <laughs> declare war on Russia. Like that's not really how I feel, but like it it's weird that there's people like NATO is literally on the border. Like they're a spectator. watching, saying here, like tossing guns, like Yeah. So that well, uh, not only that, but like here's our MiG 29s from Latvia, or here's yeah, like scorpion it, it, missile systems it's like, from good luck, the United States. Yeah. But we're not really going to risk ourselves here. I don't know. Like that's a that's a weird dynamic of it. Is that mm -hmm. we're we're clearly like picking a side, but not risking anything. It is a it is a strange balance where the reality is that nuclear capabilities change everything like yeah. you have to take him seriously when there's threats and he's had veiled and not so veiled threats yeah, of nuclear like, yeah <laughs> you know what's the doomsday clock at right now yeah what did he say if if uh finland and yeah if you uh was it finland and, and sweden if, if they if they become nato nations he's threatened nuclear war basically so it's not so easy. That's the thing about the whole thing that's yeah. we can. So there's this weird line where it's like we're allowed to arm them and we can give them ammunition and all this stuff, but we cannot send our no own boots soldiers. on the ground. Yeah, right. And what a strange place to be in. Like try explaining that to, to to kids in school or or children. Like try explaining those logistics. Yeah, I think uh, the only place where Putin has like a legitimate argument is when he's saying the hypocrisy of other nations. Like United States, you've done this with countless countries where you're mm -hmm. carpet bombing Baghdad or Afghanistan or pick a country in the last <laughs> 50 years, like since the end of World War II. There's a long list. You can look this up online. Um, and other countries have done it too, where, you know, you're fighting these proxy wars and people do just stand on the sidelines and go, okay, you can do that there, but... Like right. keep it contained to that area, do your thing. And when you're done, check back in with us and we'll tell you if we're okay with it. I don't know if that's kind of what's going on here too, or do you think that Putin sort of uses that as a bit of a, sure. Why right? wouldn't he like, why is this a problem? Why is if, this a problem? You guys just did this recently yeah. in Afghanistan or yeah, Lebanon or yeah, Palestine or whatever. Putin just an evil dude is an easy target. It's easy. Yeah. Foreign. Yeah. Those things are tough. This is complicated. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I feel like 
and this is shifting topics a little, maybe we can do this a little bit later, but I feel like, I mean, we can talk about the logistics of, of intervening. And I think all of us would agree that it's not so easy to just to go or not to go. There's lots of things to consider, but have you noticed a lot of the, um, the sort of Russian propaganda leaking into maybe some media that in our neck of the woods, have you noticed some of that? Um, maybe some like Putin, um, sympathetic type arguments, maybe filtering into some of our news outlets or is that just me? Well, I, I've heard it through students, I guess. Like mm-hmm. when we, when we talk about the issue, I'll hear, I'll hear something that like, uh, it'll just floor me or it'll freeze me in my tracks. I'm like, what really? Like that's, that's what you've heard. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm aware of like these, these messages out there that are not outright saying like we are on Putin's side, yeah, but kind of presenting an idea that gets you questioning whether you're on Ukraine's side, yeah, if sure. that makes sense, yeah. So like, and I and I'm I'm trying my best not to get too sucked into social media. I, I want to stay like I'm a social studies teacher. Like I need to know what's going on in the world, so I, I am looking at the news, but I am trying my best not to get too. I mean, this is a theme on our podcast, like of not getting sucked into social media and the 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 doom scrolling and the <laughs> looking yeah. at both like the the comment sections of things. But but like I I am aware of it, and I, I yeah. So your question was, um, have I seen it? Yes, I I've mm-hmm. kind of indirectly seen it. I know it exists, but to me, it feels kind of like a like how are, how could you fall for that? Right. Is where I'm at with it. It's like. It's to me, it's clear. Like, so I had a student ask, like, who's the bad guy? Yeah. I'm like, Putin. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm not afraid to tell you that. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's invading a sovereign nation. And yeah. So, well, I, but I am aware that there are like narratives that are softening that or. Does it, does it make you question ever though? Like, we come from a specific lens in history. We've learned about the World War One and Two from a certain perspective mm-hmm. where it's, there's a clear good and evil in our minds, right? Like there's a, there's a bad guy that's easy to identify and a good team that we're on that our country supported, fought with, died for sacrifice for whatever, like that maybe there's more to it than that. Like it isn't always so good and evil or is it always that way? Or does that narrative propel just war and allow wars to happen. And it's actually more nuanced than that. I mean, we can, we can, it's so easy to say, you know, Russian propaganda says <laughs> yeah. this, but I mean, wouldn't propaganda exist on either, on either end? I mean, yeah. Like in Russia, well, they're not going, Hey, join our evil forces as we <laughs> <right>. terminate the <laughs> handicapped. And right. like, it's sort right. of like well, they have a purpose there where they're thinking, they're on the right side of history yeah. doing what is necessary for them nationally, well, whatever. I like you bring up the cold war. Like that's, that's something I, th- I think about a fair amount. Like we are still indoctrinated by media from the cold war. Yeah. Like yeah. the movies we watch yeah. makes oh, us yeah. anti-communist. Like communist is like an insult now. If this turns into people. a Rocky four podcast, I'm all about that by the way. <laughs> Right, like we're we're as a Western civilization is opposed to socialism and communism, and that's like Cold War. And like I am, 
I'm aware of that. And like, I'm actually like a, and you're a product of it. I'm a social, like I, like I, like I, 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 I'm, I defend socialism or I, I present some of those ideas like as, um, as positive, but Putin is still a bad guy. So it's like, to me, it is connected to the cold war and to like what we've grown up with. And like, there's this stigma or there's this bias that we have as a, as society towards even just like Russia, like the word Russia, like has a, Oh yeah. As a connotation. They've been our enemies. Right. And, but like (laughs) 46, but like some of that was based on capitalist propaganda. For sure. But I feel like, like even if I can acknowledge that and separate myself from that, like right now, I think Putin is the bad guy. But isn't it sort of like, Hey Russia, like I've been trying to defend you for <laughs> ten years, and now you're doing this. Like, come on, kinda throw me a bone yeah, here, Putin. Like, but that, but I think it's not like Putin does not equal like communism, <laughs> does not equal socialism, does not equal Stalinism, like does not equal Marxism. Like they're all they're all different. Yeah, right. Like like where we're at right now is there's this guy named Putin who's leading a country. And they're doing, they're invading a, a, another country. Yeah. Right. And like, if you look at the, what Putin's been doing in Russia, like in toward, like to his own people, like restricting their, their rights to, to even protest or to access n- the news or like what's like the, like the truth of what's, what's happening in the world. Like Putin does not equal Russia historically. Like Putin is a, although that might be what's driving him, that that yeah nationalism nationalism yeah yeah. I mean, Sorry, I took it a, a social social thirty direction. I love I love, it. I love yeah. the direction. Good, good job. Um, I will say, I hope that when this episode comes out in two weeks, everyone's like, "That's old news, guys. It's over." <laughs> yeah. What are you talking? We signed about? the peace treaty and. <laughs> Russia's part of NATO. Just settle down. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. So I've heard this term, um, the fog of war, a few times in the midst of all this initial invasion and fighting. Um, And I think that term sort of refers to the indecision the the things that you don't know when you're in the midst of a war the information that can be um inaccurate in times when when you want it to be accurate just being unsure of what's actually happening Mm -hmm. and that can refer to the soldiers themselves it can refer to media um and i guess i just wanted to ask you guys what you think about just the addition in modern times of social media in the internet combined with the fog of war combined with uncertainty um, you hear these stories that that come from either side of the of the of the the war, and you wonder the accuracy or the the propaganda and the intentions of it. Uh, Chris, you mentioned the the ghost of Kiev, Kiev, which was what was that again? That was the fighter pilot. Yeah, who's had I don't know maybe at this point ten confirmed MiG kills, like shooting down. Right, and that exploded online. Yeah, Twitter, Reddit. Like all over the place, video, pictures, stories. Well, and you've got this like small air force that's not as well trained. This fighting, this mechanized, modernized 
yeah russian juggernaut and he's kind of and, taking them on and winning and when you guys heard about this were you how did you feel when you read pumped, that totally yeah. pumped up like what awesome yeah keep going yeah right. Like kind of like go Ukraine, go Ukraine, and like with the social media, like the, even the the president, like the Ukrainian president, like his his presence on social media has created. I think after like again, we're recording this probably two weeks from mm-hmm. when it'll be released. But like at the time, like he seems like he's becoming a hero. He's still alive. Yeah, like yeah. he's like he's staying with his country. He's promoting like he the way he presents himself is in a way that inspires i think ukrainians yeah. to to he's fight for the country up. he's not fleeing even though he could have yeah so but my my perspective on on that is that i think like again like similar to you chris like yeah like go ukraine like that's great but and I, does it even matter if it's true well i i think <laughs> the impact on the rest of the world is that it it's kind of like a double-edged sword like it's it's great that we can see what's going on in real time in this conflict, right? So that we can get involved or support or just be aware. Um, but at the same time, it makes it feel like entertainment or like a video game mm-hmm. that you're just observing. Like you can desensitize. And then to give someone a, the name, the ghost of Kiev, like that sounds like a video game to me, like the title of a video game or a movie. And then to someone put on Snapchat, like reporting their kills, whether it's, true or not it is desensitizing people to the realities of war um which probably has to happen in war otherwise like how do you even function to get through a war i don't know but i hear what you're saying like, yeah like i'm again like this all for me it comes back to the the tension between am i someone who wants to engage or someone who sure. thinks that war yeah, is something point. we should not do so like if it just if it makes it like if it glorifies like look you can get this many kills like headshots like points like game like a video game i teabagged my enemies <laughs> like i i disapprove of that like i i don't want my kids to grow up like wanting no. to go engage in war to get points and get kills and like take out the but in the moment when you're actually defending your country and your livelihood, you can see how those stories are what motivates you. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do see no, that. No, I like, get it. I get it. It's like, like, do you think those 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 stories are more important than not? Like, in terms of helping inspire the people of Ukraine to... Yeah. Like, because I'm on Team Ukraine or whatever, like... Yeah. Like, I do, I do see the benefit of that those messages and like the advantage of social media like it from you, what you, i'm from what i'm care seeing, if they're accurate because of what they do for the inspiration you know well, what I'm because like, it, it yeah. supports the the side that i'm i'm on it's almost yeah, irrelevant i, I like, like it i yeah so you propaganda could, becomes kind of just relative you get like how propaganda works and it it's effective and it's sort of it doesn't matter if it's true or not yeah which is terrible but that's the reality but you also like it <laughs> like, yeah 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 so it's, I mean, that would, that's almost like an, just war. A theory needs a modernization in terms of the propaganda and social media clause. Because yeah. like, is it justifiable to use propaganda to help? Yeah. It's inevitable though. Like at yeah. this point, at this point, we're not going back. Like, like there's, it's, we are so connected 
And so it, this is just the new re, the new reality that we exist yeah. in. Like, and we are learning. I mean, and you mentioned Chris that like these kinds of conflicts have existed, but they haven't necessarily caught the the eye of the Western world in the same way as this has. And that's a whole other podcast if we want to talk about yeah why <laughs> this one is this conflict is bigger than other ones. Like that's a, a different topic, but yeah, like the, the game has changed. Yeah. Like if we're, if yeah. we're comparing this to world war two, like it is not the same. No. no. Well, for, for social media, internet reasons and for nuclear technological oh, yeah, yeah. reasons as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's bring this back to just war theory, because if you think we've talked a lot on this podcast about spectrums and where we're at in terms of how we interpret things, there are um, arguments to the just war theory. And there's two main ones that I'll just kind of point out that would maybe fit on either end of the spectrum. One is that uh, the pacifistic. So your friend did that fight, Tyler, mm -hmm. who stood on the sideline and said, I don't believe in fighting, so I'm just going to sit this one out. Pacifists don't think there's any justifiable reason to engage in conflict. Mm -hmm. And there's, no, there's never a time where physical violence is the answer. So that would be one far end of the spectrum. I think just war would actually be in the center. And then at the far other end of the spectrum would be people who say um, they're more permissive and they would say any, any physical aggression or intervention that serves a nation's interests is justifiable. So that would kind of give you the right to do anything, any type of weapons, any type of fighting, mm -hmm. guerrilla warfare, um, propaganda, biological nuclear weapons, whatever it is. Um, if it, it serves your interests as a nation in defense or aggression or whatever, that would be the far end of the spectrum. And I, in my mind, I don't know how you guys see it, but just war is kind of in the center of that. Yeah. Well, that's like the one end survival of the fittest is is kind of what comes to mind like with mm -hmm. the the other end but but putting it on a spectrum like that is helpful for me because i didn't imagine prior to this conversation just war theory being in the middle i mean I, but it makes sense that's just now. what i'm proposing i don't know if it no, is like it does make sense to me now that you even just bring up the idea of spectrum so that's helpful to me to 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 visualize that spectrum that at one end there is this survival of the fittest, do what you need to do to, yeah. to like, if you're more powerful, like you have the right, you are justified. Yeah. To, or if you want to get invade. more powerful. Yeah. 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 Or and like, that's relevant. You, not like, not that long ago. Oh, throughout history. In I human history, that's, right? That's basically yeah. the way it's been. The MO. Yeah. 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 So Tyler, where are you then on that spectrum? Now that you've, you can see it clearly oh, <laughs> all over that spectrum. I'm all over it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would love to, I would love to say, let's just get in there and, and, and just beat back rush the Russian forces. Like let's just help them out. But it's not that easy. It's just no. not the way it really is. No. Like again, like the, if you put it on a personal level, like it's happening in front of my eyes, like literally in front of my eyes, mm -hmm. not through a, my phone screen in front of my eyes mm -hmm. like i'm engaging like mm -hmm. if it's someone's hurting my family or if someone's hurting my friend or someone's hurting a stranger right in front of me like mm -hmm. i will engage and i will but there's this 
but war is different. Like the stakes are higher. It's a different situation. It's, the analogy doesn't quite work. Hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, it, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The it's more complex. If it's within your means to, to stop it. Yeah. Like, I guess, I guess if I had to, if you are forcing me to answer, like, I do feel like something needs to do something. Like that's my, my gut feeling is it's, it's hard to see countries who are capable, it's within their means to save lives, then it's hard to watch them not act. And even as I say that sentence, I know like them yeah. acting could cost they're, lives. They're way, weighing the <laughs> so fact it, that yes. yeah, their, decisions yeah, their action cost. could cost more lives. Yeah. So I get, yeah, it is, it is tough. Well, we've solved nothing. Um, <laughs> but we've talked about it for an hour. Have. Quick question for both of you before we sort of wrap up here. Um, Chris, mm. is war inevitable? In our current state, human state, yes. Yeah. But there's going to be a day when there's an end to war. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And maybe it's sooner than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, email us in two weeks. Let us know if, uh, if we're still here. If we're still here. <laughs> And we can make episode 66. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'm not supposed to make uh, breaks anymore between <laughs> segments that make it obvious what's coming up next, but, but boy, shoot. I feel like confessing some stuff. Okay. <laughs> yes. I have revealed some deep dark secrets over the years and episodes no doubt tonight is no different um (laughs) i i uh am a big fan of fried chicken as you guys know i like kentucky fried i like chick-fil-a all etc but i really hate popeye's chicken i've had it twice i tried it once didn't like it tried it again later because everybody was talking about it up it's new in red deer in two locations yeah i've tried both locations each one time and I just don't think it's good. That's your confession. <laughs> so, your, so your confession is that you I you like, like fried chicken, but you right. but you don't like Popeyes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, my my wonderful wife has sort of wanted us to go a few times. Okay. To try the new Popeyes. Uh, you probably will like it. I haven't gone though because I don't think I will. <laughs> it's just I don't think it's good. Okay. I don't get the fuss. What's I, wrong with it compared to? It's just flavorless. How is it any worse than KFC? How can can it be? I have KFC maybe once a year. So we get it like for a picnic or, and you know, (laughs) then your fat levels in your blood are at such a high level. You're like, I can't do this again. And then a year later you're like, Hey, we should get KFC. I don't know if that's your experience. Like, and it tastes good and it's salty and Popeye's is just like bland, flavorless. Okay. Maybe I'm ordering the wrong thing. Yeah, we're really limiting our sponsorship for the podcast <laughs> at this point. Popeye's, you Popeyes suck. is out. <laughs> KFC, you're in. You're, you're in. in. No, once you're, a year. You're slightly better than KFC. Chick fil A? I've had it once. I thought, oh, good, good chicken. Probably not going to want them as a sponsor. Chubby chicken when AW had the chubby chicken. <laughs> that, I thought oh, yeah. that was good. Let's go there right now. Popeye's, crap. Okay. Thanks, Chris. My confession. <laughs> is um, I've been uh, able to find the motivation last few weeks to be going to the gym. Nice. Good job. And I wasn't for months. Yeah. And I've I've been fairly regular lately, so it's been good. 
Um, my confession is that my lock broke. So I bring a lock into the gym every time, put my bag in the locker, lock it up. <laughs> but my lock's broken. So my confession is that I stand there and I make a big song and dance of this routine where I pretend yeah. to be like turning the dial and lock, you know, whatever. And I'm, But really, it's not ever locked. But it's clasped, so it looks so locked? It's barely clasped. So I throw my bag in. I, I like make a little show. I sort of like turn. <laughs> for the, like, here's for my the lock one, here. one other guy in the change room who's probably <laughs> no, the guy who's like, going to seal the stuff from This your is locker. like out in front of like, it's actually out in the in, oh. the in the area. So like all the people on treadmills will see me oh. pretending to go. <laughs> and I almost make a sound. I don't make a sound. But I, I sort of tap it to make a sound. And then I walk away. So from a distance, it looks like it's locked. Right. And yeah. then when I... The other confession is what after I'm done, I walk over to it and I pretend to be turning the dial. Do you do that? Do you do actually do a combination each time? Like, do you have a combination? Well, it's stuck, so I can't really do anything. I just pretend. Like, so my confession is that I'm just acting like my lock works and it doesn't work at all. Great. It's dummy yeah. lock the whole so time. So if someone wants to steal your gym bag. Head to my gym. Which locker to, do you use? What number? Usually 131, but I, I change it up a little bit sometimes. That's awesome. Yeah. And actually, yeah, last time good. I went, I got to the the boot area and I, I couldn't find my wallet and I was convinced someone had taken it. So I said to the guy who worked at the desk, my wallet was stolen because I knew my lock wasn't actually locked. And he, he said, I thought you had, you had a lock. I said, no, I didn't. It wasn't No, locked. it's fake. And then I found the wallet. And, and I'm on my way out. to Popeye's and I don't know what to do. So I feel like an idiot. So Tyler, your turn. Well, and just one more connection to that story. Peter is probably rolling around behind the everybody else hiding and watching, and now he knows that yeah, like your yeah. locker's unlocked. I haven't seen sneaking. him for a while, so Peter, <laughs> yeah, he's sneaking. Step it up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, our our confessions are are not great on this episode. Um, what? what? I mean, yourself. Graham's was very good. Well, yeah, yours is good, Graham. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, mine's not gonna mine. If if people are waiting for like a heartfelt, like, okay, here's a true like these guys are sinners and now they're like bearing bearing their souls to yeah. us. Like that's not happening here. No. Um, but I am gonna share a little story. I I have a student who did an assignment, and he he told me ahead of time like he was making a podcast, so. I knew like, okay, maybe he's a listener. Like he, he might like, that's cool. Like there's mm -hmm. students making a podcast for an assignment. So I was all excited and felt kind of high and mighty. Like maybe he'll like allude to harmonious gentlemen. So then this, uh, this student, he made a podcast that I listened to the first 30 seconds and the jingle is, I mean, Graham, you heard it. Like it's, yeah. it's a, a replica it's amazing of of what what you do of this with jingle, ours of, yeah, our, jingle, of yeah. our jingle sounds great and it's harmonious um, liberalist so he he like is a parody of what we do so I'm feeling all like all this pride like I've got this student he's like he loves the podcast so much he's gonna like Flattery spend some time is yeah. a form of yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah, he's Im imitation is a imitation. highest form of flattery. Yeah. <laughs> so, flattery is a form of flattery. Wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. How does that go again? But um, so I listened for a, a little bit longer, and then he did an intro. That again, it was like imitation is is the highest form of flattery. But it was it it went something like this: um, if episodes were the number of stars, I I rated the Harmonious Gentleman <laughs> podcast. This would be episode one of the Harmonious 
liberally. So I went from burn. this high, high and mighty, like I've, <laughs> I've got these listeners who are so, they love our podcast so much. They're, they're going to like replicate it mm-hmm. on their assignments to this low of, it's just mocking us. Mm-hmm. Like I've got, there's people out there who listen and then just take it and, and make it into a joke. Yeah. So Ouch. my confession Purple. is that I, I guess I had this pride that I'm prideful. I feel like when people want to talk about the podcast, it's in always in a positive um, manner. And now I've been humbled <laughs> and I realize it's not the, not the case that we are the yeah. subject of mockery <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Which so, we should be though. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free. Yeah. I mean, and now that I've confessed that, that I, I, I'm, I'm free from the pride. Yeah. And now mock us at, yeah. at your leisure. Yeah. And I do, I do want to say too, thank you, Tyler, for that confession. I like it a lot. And I heard that part of the podcast and it's very impressive, by the way, quality yeah. wise and yeah, quality wise, detail wise. Um, <laughs> we yeah, do quality-wise. mark wise. <laughs> yeah, if this we'll podcast, <laughs> sorry the, that you failed. <laughs> we do on this podcast legitimately appreciate feedback both mm-hmm. um you know complimentary but also critical as well mm-hmm. we've actually really enjoyed trying to implement some changes based on feedback yeah it's something we actually really enjoy mockery or flattery we'll take it either way mm-hmm. um and if you want to let us know um how to make the podcast better mm-hmm. you can do that yeah you should yeah you could send an email harmonious gentleman at gmail.com yeah mm-hmm. you could reach out to us on social media yeah. Harmonious gents on both Instagram and Twitter. Absolutely. And please yeah. stay tuned for upcoming news. We are pretty excited about some cilantro and chive news mm-hmm. and even some guests upcoming we're excited about. So yeah. stay tuned. Yeah. Give us a review. Mm-hmm. That's always really helpful. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like a one-star review, like the student, like that podcaster, guy. but yeah. Just can you can you just please take some time to give a review? It really <laughs> it helps. Too much to yeah. ask. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we're we're wanting to expand our listenership a little bit right now. Yeah. We've had some momentum going here, so let's yeah. help us out. Tell a friend. Yeah, or two. Tell two friends. If you, ha- I'm assuming you have two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, Tyler, thanks for hosting once again. Yeah, no problem. It's yeah. easy for me. Yeah. Easier for us. I'm thinking of invading your neighbor's yard on the way out. well on that note (laughs) I guess we'll see you next time on the Harmonious Gentleman podcast Podcast. (laughs) podcast.com Harmonious Gentleman